0: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to PTCE's Pharmacy Connect, a podcast focused on continuing education created by pharmacists for pharmacists. PTCE is the leader in pharmacy and managed care education. In these episodes, listeners will be presented with the most recent clinical updates and strategies for implementing into practice.
1: Today's podcast episode is about
2: continuous glucose monitoring known as CGM. Understanding the pharmacist's role in patient education and improving outcomes in diabetes management is critical to better patient care planning. Our guests today are Dr. Susan Cornell, who's an Associate Director of Experimental Education and Associate Professor of the Department of Pharmacy Practice at Midwestern University Chicago College of Pharmacy, We'd like to welcome Dr. Curtis Triplett. Dr. Triplett is a clinical associate professor of medicine for the Division of Diabetes at University of Texas Health Science Center and the Texas Diabetes Institute University Health System in San Antonio, Texas.
0: Here's our host and founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, Todd Yuri.
2: The CDC estimates that 88 million people have prediabetes and 34.2 million have diabetes with numbers expected to triple by 2060 in the United States. As CGM technology is increasing, integrated into diabetes care and management, pharmacists have a pivotal role in providing valuable education to help patients meet their goals. In being the number one fan of pharmacists, the founder of the Pharmacy Podcast uh, Network, my name is Todd Yuri, and I'm excited about today's conversation with returning uh, guests to the Pharmacy uh, Podcast, actually both returning guests to the Pharmacy Podcast, Dr. Susan Cornell and Dr. Triplett. Welcome back to the Pharmacy Podcast.
1: Thanks for having us. Glad to be here today.
2: So every time I'm talking with pharmacists, especially in my uh, background, when I started in long-term care pharmacy, the subject of diabetes comes up and the management of diabetes ongoing, whether that be because of uh, non-adherence issues or discovery of new cases of diabetes. And um, Dr. Triplett has been on before where we've kind of dug into some of the new technologies that are coming out. In, uh, in therapeutics for uh, diabetes management. I wanted to discuss today um, what CGM data has, has been available and that we can provide in this conversation, how it can be used and where it fits into diabetes management and how the use uh, has evolved over the years. So I kind of want to kick things off uh, to Curtis. As a pharmacist, have you seen CGM uh, change in your practice over the past few years?
1: With Without a doubt. What, what we've seen is really an explosion of use of CGM within practices. Now, um, that al- always hasn't um, um, exploded into primary care uh, arenas, but one of the things that I've noticed is that Um, We used to think of CGMs as almost like a a luxury item for type 1 diabetes and only in those people who could afford it or had really great insurance. Um, And that is uh, now shifted to almost to be a necessity. Uh, So almost all type 1 diabetes patients now, I think, are, are on or considering CGMs. Uh, that and one of the biggest other paradigm shifts really been to type 2 diabetes and the fact that uh, they've really said anyone on insulin is a potential candidate for the use of uh, CGM chronically and I think one of the things that we um, have now done is to start considering cGM in a, in a lot more people with diabetes than we used to um, and i and I think that's important because um, you know you're getting this continuous data back if you use those those data points, and this continuous data is is important.
2: So with continuous glucose monitoring, it really provides that information about the current levels, the trends, uh, direction, velocity of changing glucose. Um, I wanted to ask Sue, um, tell us about your experience with continuous glucose monitoring.
3: So, well, thanks, Todd. And, you know, as as the old person in the room here who have been around for more years than I'm willing to admit, uh, one of the things is, you know, people have to realize CGM has been around for at least two decades. It's not a novel uh, device. It's been around for, you know, over 20 years. And, you know, looking back into the late 1990s when CGM came out, it was always for professional use, as, as Curtis, you know, mentioned. But now today it is starting to actually become use for per, personal use for anyone with diabetes and i know you know again we have looked mainly for type 1 we're starting to see more type 2 but this cgm is growing in popularity for people to use and i know we'll talk a little bit more about that later but one of the things that i see is that this device this type of technology empowers patients and, you know, when we think about people with diabetes, they have to manage their diabetes 24-7, day in, day out. You know, they're, they're constantly thinking diabetes on their mind. We see them for a minimum time within their lifespan of diabetes, and we try to help them to make a difference. But really, if we can teach people and provide people with the tools to manage their diabetes, they could manage it better and live good quality lives uh, with diabetes. And so CGM does that because it gives people a feel for what their blood glucose is pretty much 24 seven. You know, historically you did finger sticks and every time you did a finger stick, you had data, but the question became, if you check your sugar and let's just say, you know, I checked my sugar now, uh, postprandially, and it was 180, is that going up? Is it going down? We don't know. And unless I'm constantly checking, uh, I have no way of knowing that. But CGM gives that data to the patient and empowers them to see, oh, wow, look at three pieces of pizza. Wow, look what that did to my sugar. Um, Versus, oh, I had, um, you know, I had a piece of uh, fish and a small portion of potatoes, and that controlled my sugar better. So it helps to empower people to actually make better decisions. And then the data that we're getting, pharmacists are actually becoming more involved in looking at this data and helping patients once again to make informed decisions uh, to better control their diabetes.
2: So I think of the pharmacist role in diabetes management and, and how 10 times the patient seeing their pharmacist versus their primary care physician. And I think of the opportunity that the community pharmacy has to really grab hold and and even come up with some cyclical way of getting in front of the patients that are suffering with diabetes and in getting them to understand that it is controllable, uh, that it is something that they can employ technology. I want to know how is this impacting community pharmacists and what is the role of community pharmacist in re, in regards to CGM.
3: So, you know, CGM is now available in the pharmacy. And I think that's what I mean by personal use. You know, again, historically, it was always office-based, patient wore it. For a couple of weeks, came back to the medical office, gave it back, returned it. But now people have their own device. So again, you know, I, I love to say I am the old person in the room, but I remember graduating pharmacy school and we were being taught about meters, blood glucose meters that people could take home with them. Well, today we're talking about CGMs that people can take home with them and use. And so the community pharmacist is dispensing these products, but at the same time, the community pharmacist can also identify patients. Who would be a good candidate to use CGM? So maybe a person comes in with insulin, uh, who's on insulin, and is you know kind of complaining about uh, poor control, or you know they're hypoing, they're going low a lot, and so that's where the community pharmacists can say, hey, have you heard about these CGM devices? Uh, at the same point, we're starting to see more than just people on insulin use them. As a matter of fact, I had a patient uh, last week at my clinic. And she came in and she had a CGM device. And we were doing a health screening. So she came in just for a health screening. And she came in because she wanted to know if The number she's getting on her CGM is matching what a finger stick is, which we did for her. And it was off a few points, but bottom line is she was kind of just checking to make sure the CGM was working, which was good, but she was talking about how she was wearing it because her doctor wanted to prescribe a new medication, but in order to kind of assess what is the best medicine for her, he wanted more data the physician wanted more data, and that's where the CGM was giving more data, even though this was her personal CGM that she was wearing. So pharmacists have that ability too. We can take these reports that uh, we get from the CGM, ambulatory glucose profile, and we could look at well, what's been going on, and it looks like Mondays, you know, seem to be a little bit more out of control than the rest of the week. What does the person do on Monday? And the pharmacist, the community pharmacist, can actually work with the patient once again for them to understand the report and then make recommendations for therapy. And when I say make recommendations for therapy, I'm not only talking medicine but lifestyle because we have to remember lifestyle is a very important component to managing diabetes. So Curtis, what about you? What do you see?
1: I have to agree with a lot of what you said. I mean I I think that um what I what I've noticed is that you know there's two main systems or CGM devices. There's Libre, um, and then there's Dexcom G6 that are being dispensed to pharmacies right now. And so I would I would say the one that's uh I've noticed pharmacists are a little more familiar with is Libre. And I think that that has only to do with the fact that it's been in the pharmacy a little bit longer. Um and I, but I think that the the Dexcom G6 also is one that um know that they're starting to get a little more familiar with and and i've noticed that dexcom is just trying to help that along as well um and i and i think that you hit a lot of the key points that uh, with these two systems you know pharmacists are are in charge of so many different medications and ask questions about over-the-counter ones i just uh what i've seen is that um this oftentimes gets relegated uh to the back of the burner and i i haven't noticed most community pharmacists uh, with a, a deep understanding of CGM, but I've noticed most of them have an interest. And so um, just with, a, with you know, a little bit of uh, podcast like this or a little bit of online education, I think that they'll know enough to be able to give the basics to the patient. And I think that's the most important thing I see is that if we can just give the basics of how to, how to do a good start, um, once you get the basics of how to do a good start on CGM, um, the rest will take care of itself because, as you said, then patients start to realize, oh, I took this medicine, I missed this medicine, here's my sugar. Oh, I ate this pizza, I didn't eat this pizza, here's what happened. And, and as you said, I have the same kind of stories about people who, you know, mostly those people in those A1Cs in the mid sevens who think they're doing great and we think they are too. And then all of a sudden we start doing CGMs and we start seeing a lot more highs and lows uh, and a lot more glucose variability than we thought they were having and they thought they were having. And so um, we end up using that. to to teach the patient, as you said, not only about exercise, but about dietary choices and also medications and how those affect your sugar. So uh, as you said, once we kind of get them so they understand, uh, we get to the point where patients then become their own doctors in a way for their glucoses. And then they start calling us or the healthcare, uh, like, like a physician, uh, in order to get a little more information if they don't understand that. So I, I think the CGM has a lot of upside. I don't think it's quite there yet as as far as uh, community pharmacists fully embracing the fact that this new technology is something they can give to their patient. But I also see the ones that are starting to do it uh, are th- there's a very positive feeling of interacting with the patient about these devices, which I, I think would... Uh, If more community pharmacists would do it, I think that they would see the same thing.
3: And you know, I do see, I do see it growing. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a community pharmacist last week, and he was talking about how excited he was about CGM, and he really embraced it. And what he did, and I think this is what a lot of community pharmacists are doing, is okay, maybe they're not the complete expert in diabetes, or they're not the complete expert in CGM, but they know that this device <clears throat> will help the patient and they wanna help. And so, you know, it goes to identifying, hey, this patient would be a good candidate for CGM and kind of having that conversation. You know, "What, what do you know about CGM? Having that conversation with the patient. And then I think the other big thing is the fact that, you know, there's this misconception that, oh, it's too expensive. And so the community pharmacist, as you already mentioned, you know, they see people more frequently than any other healthcare professional. They're in the front line and they can say, hey, you know, there, it is affordable. It is not you know, the expensive device that it was years ago. And even if you um, don't have the insurance to cover it, there are ways, there are coupons and rebates, and we can get you this device at a reasonable cost. Because the cost of these devices for personal use is definitely coming down. And, you know, again, with these rebates and coupons, you can get it pretty inexpensively. And once the patient sees the value, I think that's a big thing. But, you know, the big thing, as you mentioned about the data coming from this as well, community pharmacists are starting to get familiar with the term time in range. You and I know that, you know, we've been dealing with that for for years now, but that is really growing right now. So I think if there's anything the community pharmacist needs to be aware of is that time and range. So if a person who has diabetes brings the report in, you know they're looking at what is that time and range and what percentage of a 24-hour period is this person with diabetes within the designated range. So I think that's where, again, opportunity and talking to, again, just this pharmacist last week, and he was saying how he's embracing it, and I know others are too. I really see community pharmacists being um, an important part of the, the team with this.
2: So I, I really like technology. I love thinking about how mobile applications can really you know help control disease states and help patients understand their disease states. It's fascinating to me. But Curtis, what's the expectation of of these devices what's the expectation of the data in and uh, continuing continuous glucose monitoring technology? what can it do and cannot do
1: well i, I think the the main thing to understand is that we have to um, temper expectations in what it is and what it isn't and I you know one of the first things I'll tell you is uh, you know, the, the old way of looking at diabetes management, which is an A1C and a finger stick as Sue was saying, uh, Todd, it's just, it's just not enough. Um, and I think that's why we're seeing a lot more, even if a person is not interested in chronically being on a CGM, at least once getting it done within the, the office uh, and having a CGM done is because so much data can be given to that provider and back to the patient. Um, and I and I think what we're seeing is that this explosion of CGM is going to continue. Um, it's only because of the fact that it's giving you so much data, not only time and range, but time above range and time below range. So if it gives you all the pertinent information, it tells you um, on a day-by-day basis what you're doing. It tells you on a, on a minute by minute basis what's going on. And it tells you where the problem areas are. And so immediately um, when you're a clinician or a patient, you go right to those spots and you can say, these are the spots we can work on. Number one, let's make sure you're not going hypo. Number two, let's correct these very high sugars we're seeing. And then what happens is all of a sudden, as she as was saying, I mean, as educators, it's, it's like a eureka moment when you deal with CGM and patients. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, I understand now. I understand I did this, and here's what happened. I understand this, or I had no idea that this was going on, and I had no idea that when I – Skipped breakfast. I would go low for an hour or two until lunch, and so it's a uh, it's really a, a bunch of eureka moments. And and us as clinicians have already gone through that where we're like, wow, this this is just such good data that of course we're going to start using it on everyone we can. Uh, but you know, patients are are starting to get there, and of course pharmacists are too. Uh, that they're understanding the the necessity of this data as even more than I would say the um what what people want and so i can only see this ex, uh this continued expansion of cgm within the space uh, and this expansion of cgm will continue into more and more niches and crannies within our within our uh diabetes world
2: so i think of once again, the expansion of technology and, and what the future holds for continuous glucose monitoring. Where do you think this is heading? Uh, what do you think the, the future holds for CGM?
3: You know, Todd, um, it's, it's really interesting because right now we're looking at CGM, continuous glucose monitoring for people with diabetes, but uh, there are pilot programs underway uh, to look at this for everyone. And when I say everyone, it means people with, without diabetes, because prevention is the best medicine. And if we can identify changes in glucose levels in people without diabetes or people with pre-diabetes, imagine what we could prevent. And with that, I'm sure many people have heard there is uh, some uh, technology being developed to where this would be put into like a Fitbit or an Apple Watch. And so, you know, I know folks have probably seen on TV the commercials for the cardiac mobile, where you can get, you know, the EKG reading just by putting your fingers on a device. Well, that's where CGM is going. And they're talking about, again, sensors that would be actually into devices, wearable devices, that anybody and everybody wears, and we could get this data. And so that way, again, you could actually prevent pre-diabetes. So I'm not talking preventing diabetes, we're talking preventing pre-diabetes and that is what would make a good healthy population.
2: That's awesome. I want to know just from your perspectives, uh, two of you who have so much experience in diabetes management from pharmacist, per, um, pharmacist views, what would you say is the single most important takeaway from, from pharmacists listening in right now? So what do you think? they should take away from this conversation?
3: I think one is to get familiar with and be very comfortable with understanding time in range, because that is, to me personally, I believe that's going to be a big player, a big future of in the management of diabetes to a point where even when we look at drugs and clinical trials, the clinical trials are going to look at which drug had more time in range and that drug that keeps a person within time and range is going to be preferred over a drug that doesn't. And so, like I say, time and range, understanding that, as Curtis mentioned, looking at how much time below, you know, you always treat hypo first. So, how much time below or above range, and, you know, just becoming familiar and comfortable with that. So, for me, pharmacists need to be uh, informed on that.
2: Curtis, what do you think? What do you want? Pharmacists to take away from this conversation
1: well, and right now um, the the concept background I think is really really good, as Sue is saying you know we, they need to know this information um, when the when you get to the rubber meets the road, what is it that that pharmacist on a day to day basis uh, can can help with? Uh, I think I go back to there's there's only two There there are multiple uh, different platforms out there, but there's only two being dispensed from pharmacies right now. One is called Libre and the other one is the Dexcom G6. So if you were gonna spend your time learning the first two CGM devices, that's where I would put your your, um, your emphasis right now because those two uh, with a prescription can be dispensed through a pharmacy, whereas uh, several others like the Medtronics right now is not available through a pharmacy. So learn a little bit about the Libre. Learn how it's intermittent. Uh, Learn the Libre 2 system, how it has now has Bluetooth and has uh, some alarms. Learn the Dexcom G6 just a little bit. Understand uh, it has a little bit different... uh, sensor, that you need to do a sensor plus a little transmitter. Uh, Learn that all these are uh, without finger stick calibrations, but that doesn't mean you still don't have to occasionally do a sugar if you think the CGM is reading wrong. So these little basic things uh, can really help your patients move from point A to point B. And if you just tell them all the advantages that I think that Sue and I have kind of mentioned as far as uh, CGMs, I think, And especially the fact that, as Sue had mentioned, the cost continues to drop, uh, especially as more and more people use it, that this is going to be competitive with multiple daily home glucose monitoring in some patients. And the amount of information given to the patient is so much more.
2: Well, this is exciting to hear. Uh, We so much appreciate the insights that you've both provided us today on continuous glucose monitoring and the technologies that are available. But I'm also excited about the future because, uh, like Sue was saying and and like you've referenced, uh, Curtis, Um, I think there's much to come from a technological perspective, and I think it puts the pharmacist right in the center of it to really help these patients continue to monitor uh, their glucose and and be at the center of it all. Um, So I thank you both for participating
1: today. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to the PTCE Pharmacy Connect podcast. Your feedback is important to us. Please share with us your thoughts on this episode and other topics you'd like to learn about. Go to PharmacyTimes.org forward slash contact and send us a message.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.